Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, Montana? Back from Bozeman, back in Missoula. And a couple guys earlier today in Bozeman, they made themselves some money. Pro Day week this week here in the state of Montana. Bobcat football had their pro day today. University of Montana has their pro day tomorrow. And finally, at long last, I got to watch a little spring football. I watched eh, about half an hour of the Grizz two different times last week and watched a full about two hours of the Bobcats on Saturday, they had a little open scrimmage. <laughs> to my knowledge, the first open practice of any sort in quite some time uh, in the Treasure State here with the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. So we'll have full spring football reaction here in the first hour of Nuanas now. Usually it's the Montana basketball, well, it has been lately, the Montana basketball hour. We're going to do a little Montana football hour here, the first 
Monday of April. Hope you're having an outstanding start to your week. Hope you had a great weekend. Not here in Western Montana, not great weather. Actually, terrible. My least favorite type of weather. Like mid 40s and raining and windy sideways. Eh, hate it. I'd rather have it be ice cold, snowing, any of that stuff than what we got going on today. But hope you're having a great start to your week. Hope you had a great weekend. I spent uh, Friday and Saturday in Bozeman. So we'll go through that just a little bit, particularly when it comes to the football uh, football side of things uh, on the other side of the hill. We'll also give you a little preview of what we think for Grizz Pro Day tomorrow. Uh, 10, count them, 10 Bobcats today. Uh, I guess actually 11 because there was two different guys that were seniors in 2019 that then didn't get to have a Pro Day uh, in 2020. So Kevin Cassis, Jack Way and they also participated with a, a long list of characters. We'll go through all that. Some really, really good marks. Troy Anderson kept making himself money. I thought Daniel Hardy made himself a lot of money today as well. A guy we've been high on around here. We're also going to hear from Brett Vegan, Montana State head coach, as well as Daniel Hardy, post-pro day. And we'll hear from a couple of Grizz quarterbacks as well. Andrew Houghton was down at practice last week. So he'll come in, provide some both commentary and uh, – Thoughts on what he, the little bit he got to watch. That was going to get to watch a lot. Didn't get to watch as much as he expected. But that's this this day and age, close practices, especially when there's a quarterback competition going on. But there is one at Montana. So we'll analyze that a little bit as well. And uh, give you a couple more thoughts just on spring football with Montana's spring game on the horizon uh, this upcoming Friday. The Traveling Radio Show continues. We were live from Bozeman last Friday. We'll be live from Hamilton this Friday. The Grizz host their spring game, 6 p.m. So you can find the spring game here on SWX Montana Television. It'll start right at 6 o'clock. So we'll run you right up to the Grizz spring game. So we'll have some fun guests for later on uh, in the week. And uh, the traveling radio show continues. It is new on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hour number two, we're going to talk all NCAA tournament, the men's basketball uh, tournament championship game tonight. North Carolina versus Kansas. Notably, not Duke versus Kansas, so we have a lot to say about that. And uh, our good new friend, Colby Dant, of the uh, College Sports Podcasting Network. He's the host of the College Basketball Experience. Sort of just met him via email by happenstance. And you know, sometimes you get a lot of emails uh, at ESPN at Missoula Broadcasting Company. People want to use our platform to promote. That's great. That's led to some connections. But this is a really good one. These guys have a podcasting network all about sports gambling. And... They have 45 contributors. They pick every single college football and basketball game all year long. Colby is the expert when it comes to men's Division I basketball period for the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So he'll join us about 5 o'clock. We'll talk all the way around. Got tonight's championship game and some reactions from an instant classic, an all-time classic Saturday night between North Carolina and Duke. And we'll also talk just about Mike Krzyzewski and the, the, the legacy that Coach K was able to carve out during his 42 years at Duke. And uh, I think that probably the most Im- impactful part of sports on the way that humans operate or the lessons that they take from sports is that sometimes it's not a storybook ending. Sometimes you can work as hard as you possibly can. It, you can seem like you deserve to achieve your ultimate destiny and then still have it not happen. What a gut-wrenching loss for Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, among 1,200-plus wins, 13 Final Fours, five national championships, uh, endless ACC titles, 
And in the last game of his 42-year career leading the Duke Blue Devils, he loses in the Final Four to the arch nemesis, the bitter rival, North Carolina. It was a phenomenal game. It was so supercharged. Those North Carolina dudes have perhaps the greatest little baggie of bragging rights in the history of college sports now. They can go around saying, yo, we beat Duke in the Final Four to, to deny them a national championship game bid and knock Coach K out of his last NCAA tournament. Unbelievable. So we'll talk all about college basketball uh, in the second hour here today. It is Nuanas Now. That is our show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Brent and his team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics and experts when it comes to residential real estate around Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call with any questions you might have. Another note, this uh, playlist today is uh, we're going to have a couple of playlists this week curated by the Grammys. So I watched the Grammys last night, and uh, they always do the the uh, the homage to the the people that have passed away that year. And I'm always surprised by the people that I had forgotten about or didn't know about when I watched that kind of stuff. But today's playlist, unfortunately, is dedicated to all those people. So we'll have uh, some songs from people, and, and we'll you know we'll, we'll walk you through it. But uh, some good musicians, some impactful people in the world of music died this year. So that's that's where our playlist comes from today. And then tomorrow, our playlist is going to be uh, several of the uh, nominees for Record of the Year, which is basically Best Song. And uh, I was sort of blown away last night. <laughs> How many of these people, all these artists, I didn't know. Uh, another sign. Another sign of, of being old. If you want to stream the show, listen to the show, your cell phone, your tablet, your mobile device, head on over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. Also, if you want to be a part of the show, you got questions, comments, concerns when it comes to spring football or pro days, text us, 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. And before we dive into the uh, Montana football hour, I want to talk briefly about uh, last night's game. I, I actually got it all queued up. The women's NCAA tournament culminated last night with a thorough and, dare I say, dominant 64-49 victory by South Carolina. I turned it on and watched the first quarter and a half of it pretty intently. It, it was a pretty ugly game. It was a pretty uh, – it was a slugfest back and forth. Sellout crowd on hand. And uh, so that the atmosphere was good. But South Carolina is just so tough and physical. It's it's really uh, hard to do anything against them offensively. And uh, Aaliyah Edwards, or should I say Aaliyah Boston, <laughs> did you see the Anders, Anders raising his eyebrows? In the postgame, um, Shelly Smith mistakenly gave the NCAA tournament women's uh, final four most outstanding player to Aaliyah Edwards. And everybody had this blank look on their face. Everybody standing on the podium. And then Shirley Smith brings it back. She's like, Aaliyah Boston, Aaliyah Boston. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Aaliyah Boston, who is so um, large and intimidating, <laughs> gives Shelly Smith just the most icy glare ever and stuns her for a minute and then says, okay, I guess I can accept it. But totally got her. Totally, Shelly Smith is, a, is mortified at this moment because she forgot the name. <laughs> and... Uh, then she corrects it, and then Aaliyah Boston just got her for about three seconds, and then she smiles and, and says, all good, and takes the trophy. But uh, it was a hilarious moment. No, nonetheless, that's all to say, 
UConn is arguably the greatest dynasty in the history of college basketball, men's or women's. It's arguably the greatest dynasty in the history of college sports. This was a quote-unquote down year for UConn, going 30-6 and six and making it to the national championship game. Gino Auriemma has been able to withstand so many different things in the scope of women's college basketball. But last night, an affirmation, because South Carolina uh, won a national championship in 2017. They were likely going to win the national championship again in 2020 when it all got called off because of COVID. And now they have their second national championship, only the eighth women's program ever to win multiple national championships. And they've done it twice in five years. And they probably would have had one, if not two more in there, if not for the COVID times. So South Carolina is here to stay national player of the year, most outstanding uh, player in the final four, Leah Boston. That's all to say, though, I didn't watch much of the second half because South Carolina had the largest lead over UConn that they've ever faced in a tournament at halftime under Gino Oriema. And it seemed like they just sort of strangled UConn for the rest of the game, too. But just take us through it because it seemed like South Carolina assumed control and then just maintained control. Yeah, well, first of all, complete validation of everything that Dawn Staley's trying to do with that program there. What a sweet coach she is. She's incredible, right? I just, did you see some of her halftime interviews during, like, the Final Four game that well, she was I, in during I mean, UConn's Final Four game? She's so she, she's so good at all the elements, but her interviews and the way she breaks stuff down is so fascinating. Only thing she's maybe better at is the style. How about the Louis, sure. How about the Louis Vuitton jack, custom-made Louis Vuitton jacket with the matching custom-made shoes last night? That, that must have been a $10,000 outfit. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I think with what she's building there, she's putting herself up sort of on that same level as as guys like Gino Auriemma, um or some of the icons that we've talked about on the men's side. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina, they want to drag you down into that rock fight. And because they have a Leah Boston, they're really well equipped to do that. Um, 11 points and 16 rebounds for her last night, five offensive rebounds. 21 offensive rebounds as, as a team for South Carolina. So they're really effective when, when they're doing that. And then when their guards are hitting, that's what makes it impossible to stop. And 26 points for Destiny Henderson. Zia Cook made some big shots in that game too. UConn, man, what a run to the title game because I think that they sort of flew under the radar until the late stages of this tournament. They weren't a one seed. There was a lot of press on Stanford. For um, sure. Early in the tournament, when Stanford came out looking dominant, there was a lot of press on South Carolina, and there were a lot of press on uh, some of these upset runs like South Dakota or Creighton um, that you don't get quite as often as in the women's tournament. So UConn kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I just think they ran out of gas. I mean, Paige Beckers, what an effort, and she had the, yeah. the instantly legendary game in the Elite Eight. Uh, she had a great game in the Final Four. Another 14 points to lead UConn. Last night, but she was trying to do it all because she didn't have a ton of help. I know somebody like Ezzie Fudd is is a high-level recruit. I don't think she's quite there yet. I You know, a, a tough tournament run for her. Avina Westbrook wasn't hitting shots. And, you know, Aaliyah Boston takes away everything you're trying to get going inside. So you got Paige Beckers pulling up for free-throw line jumpers. Tough, tough shots. She's the, she's the best in the game at making those. But that can't be your whole offense, and it's just... Uh, sort of comprehensive win for South Carolina and another a, a stamp on that program for Dawn Staley. We're going to come back to this um, later on this week because I haven't even told you the story, but I almost got in a giant Twitter fight with a guy. I, restri- I restrained myself and decided to personal message my brother all of my thoughts as I would have responded on Twitter. 
but some person, I can't remember who, someone with a, a significant platform, I mean, someone with tens of thousands of, of um, followers, tweeted, is Gino Emma anywhere close to the Mount Rushmore of all-time college coaches? And I wanted to just give this guy a full-on history lesson. I mean, Gino Ariam has been to 22 of the last 31 Final Fours. That's not even possible. He that went, was his first loss in a national championship I mean, game. The dude there has 11, 11 natties. He's got 11 natties. I, mean, I don't even know what we're talking about. getting those in the championship game. Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. So we're going to come back to that because I think that somehow, someway, there's still misperceptions in college basketball for the women's side. Yet, I also think, though, it was a great moment for there to be a real, not just once-off, new national contender. South Carolina being there is huge. Tennessee was the dominant program. They've sort of taken a little bit of a step back. But there's always been, I mean, of course UConn, but then Notre Dame, Baylor, LSU. We needed another one in there, and South Carolina's that. So we'll come back to this later on this week. But let's talk some football. It's the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's presented by The Advocates. Have you been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault? The Advocates can help. Call 406-640-4444 today and speak to an attorney at no cost. Always remember, you deserve an advocate. We're going to come back to actually my uh, my thoughts on some spring football because I was able to um, analyze a little bit because I was able to watch Saturday's um, sort of pseudo scrimmage. There was refs there, I guess. It was like a kind of a, a mock game or something. But the point is, I got to watch football for a couple hours there at Montana State. So we'll come back to some of those things here in just a minute. But here's the news of the day. We, we buried the lead. I mean, it is a great lead to talk about the Women's National Championship because I think the sport has elevated its profile so much. But Pro Day, NFL Draft, NFL Combine, all that sort of stuff, this is always the news of the day. But here's where we're at with what we saw uh, in Bozeman on Saturday. And thanks to Connor Tweet, scottlandsportsmt.com for uh, his help in compiling some results and videos. Uh, 20 scouts were there today at the Montana State Pro Day. And the following players participated. Troy Anderson, although he did not do the drills that he had done at the Combine, the the famed and uh, uber-talented Montana State linebacker, former Montana State linebacker. Former defensive tackle Chase Benson, former defensive end Daniel Hardy, former Bobcat offensive tackle Lewis Kidd, offensive guard Taylor Tuiasasopo, defensive end Amandre Williams, safety Trey Webb, wide receivers Lance McCutcheon and Nate Stewart. Those were all the guys from the last Bobcat squad. And you also had Jaquay Allen and Kevin Cassis, a couple standouts from the 2019 squad that did not get to have a pro day. And then they also had... Hunter Sparts there. He's an offensive tackle out of Montana Tech. And he actually had a couple really good marks. Uh, definitely was competing right alongside Lewis Kidd, who's a two-time All-American at the FCS level. And I know, you know, combine and workout drills, it's not everything when it comes to football. But impressive that there's a kid from Montana Tech that was uh, not overshadowed much at all against a couple of the best offensive linemen from the big sky in Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuiasasopo. Uh, but let's go through uh, some of the results. The most eye-popping results of the day all came from Daniel Hardy. And again, like I mentioned, Troy Anderson, he let his 4-4-2 that he ran at the Combine and uh, his 36.5-inch vertical and 10-foot-8 broad jump that he had in Indianapolis last month, he let those stand. Pretty smart business decision. He's a pretty smart guy. Uh, but he did run the three-cone drill and the short shuttle. I don't know why we could, we could or should be surprised 
by anything Trey Anderson does anymore. But Trey Anderson ran what would have been the fastest three-cone time and the fastest short shuttle of any linebacker at the NFL Combine and one of the fastest short shuttles by any player at the NFL Combine this last year. So the dude continues to wow. Troy, it's 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 such an unbelievable piece of vindication for those of us that have been around Troy Anderson since he was uh, you know, a teenager at Beaverhead County High School. And the legend of Troy Anderson was told at such a, a high level in Montana. But to see the nation sort of start to learn and finally learn about this guy, I mean, Troy Anderson not only did his the fastest three-cone time that at the NFL Combine today, he, he didn't do that drill at the Combine, he did it today. Not, not only did he do that, he also then, though, turned around and did all the linebacker drills, he did all the DB drills. He ran routes with the receivers. He showed he could take a handoff as a running back. Oh, and by the way, he threw as a quarterback because he was an All-American at all of those positions in college. And I think that it's, you know, it's, it's like a news blurb on the national scale until the scouts start seeing it. But the scouts and some of the, the feedback I heard from MSU's Pro Day today, they're just like, who is this guy? How is this guy even possible? Uh, truly, if you run four four two and have a 36-and-a-half-inch vertical and you have the fastest three-cone and short shuttles of any player in the draft and you're 6'3", 250, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that you're a first-round draft pick talent. I'm not saying Troy Anderson's going in the first round, but there's no one that's more talented than him. He is on par with every single one of these dudes. And uh, so just impressive to see and also just so vindicating for him to be able to do this. Well, we're starting to see the machine turn on him. We're starting to see the wheels turn in some of these teams' minds because this is a guy that they have not thought a lot about, and now they're trying to scheme up. What can we do with him? We know these NFL guys love to love to show off how smart they are. They love to play these guys in hybrid roles. They love to do new stuff. Yep. Well, he's an evolutionary guy that you can do that with. That's, right. that's the whole point of Troy Anderson. Well, so you're, and, and you can also you can also sort of convince yourself for a roster spot. Because I'm not saying Troy Anderson because of all the other stuff. Right. He'll definitely play special teams. Right. He he is he can absolutely be, he, he's by, he's so far away from being an NFL quarterback, but he's such a great athlete that can handle a snap at quarterback. You can totally justify having him being like your fourth string emergency guy all the way down the stretch. He you can justify having him on your roster because he can take handoffs at running back. I mean, it's he has so much that it makes him such an appealing prospect, not to mention he was a finalist for the Walter Campbell Trophy, which is the, the academic Heisman of all Division One football. Yeah, but this is where he's starting to get onto the radar, where these people right. are starting to think, well, man, what can we do with him? What is right. the ceiling? We have to find out what actually he can do. Can he take a snap at quarterback? Because these these guys, these NFL scouts, I mean, they don't really know. Or they won't really believe it until they see it in person. So that's why you see him going through everything. I mean, I'm sure there are teams out there thinking like, yeah, man, can we run a wildcat package with him inside the five and right. just run option every time? Like, what are the what are the kind of things that we can do with him? It, it's great for for him, great for Montana State. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, the Montana Football Hour, talking Montana State Pro Day. It happened this morning in Bozeman. The Montana Pro Day happens tomorrow morning here in Missoula, so we'll have a whole bunch of coverage of that for you tomorrow during the first hour. Of the show, the Montana Football Hour is presented by the Advocates. If you've been in an accident, you probably have a ton of questions. The Advocates have the answers. Call 
four, 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 four today and get the help that you deserve. Troy Anderson, when his when the clock flashed four four two at the NFL Combine, he he fortified his place as a top seventy five guy. Period. But then he continued to accentuate it. But there's not as much room for Troy Anderson to grow. Like Troy Anderson, there's nothing Troy Anderson can do between now and the last weekend of this month that's going to help him get into the top twenty five. But he certainly could land anywhere between thirty and seventy five. That's a second or third round pick for those keeping track at home. But the dude who made sure that he's almost certainly going to get his name called, at least in my personal opinion, and I've talked to uh, several agents and several scouts about this guy, is Daniel Hardy. What a testament to how a player can develop. Like I remember the first time I saw Daniel Hardy at the spring game would have been three years ago coming out of Jeff Choate's second season. And I, I didn't even mistake him for a football recruit. I thought he was some basketball kid hanging out there. And he was probably 6'3", 195 at the time. Just a skinny, long and super, super lean guy that looked like a hooper. He did not look like a a defensive end. And when they brought him in and they said they were going to play him at Buck, I laughed. I said, there's no way that guy's anything more than an outside linebacker, and he better really be able to run. Well, between that moment and his junior year in 2019, he developed a lot physically, put on some weight. He was still a really raw guy. But then when Troy Anderson, ironically, got hurt because they were playing him too much at quarterback down the stretch of the 2019 season, all of a sudden Hardy is in as the starting Sam linebacker, and he didn't miss a beat. He balled. He played so well down the stretch and played really well through the playoffs as well. That sort of proved to him that he had the confidence that uh, the confidence to become the player that he has then become now. The fact that he had an extra offseason coming out of his junior year to train helped big time. He was able to get up to 240, 245 pounds. The fact that he had a new staff, including a defensive coordinator and Freddie Banks, that truly wanted to use him as a wide nine, true defensive end, hand on the ground, edge rushing, use all of his uh, awesome athleticism, explosiveness, spin moves, all that stuff. All those things fell in Daniel Hardy's favor. But he also worked his butt off to become the physical specimen that he is And I I truly think that he played his way into getting drafted today. And if he's not going to get drafted, his phone's going to be blowing up as soon as the draft is over. I think he he turned himself into a top 250 prospect in the country today. Uh, I guess he turned himself into that over the last three years. He affirmed that today. First raised some eyebrows with a 40-inch vertical, which he said, by the way, was four inches shorter than what he'd actually done during training. So you're talking a mid-40s vertical for a defensive end that weighs over 240 pounds. Impressive. Then he went out and had a 10-foot-7 broad jump. Also very impressive. He was able to pound out 22 reps, which is uh, a fine number. I mean, he, he is sort of a, quote-unquote, slender guy by NFL standards. I mean, if you see him, he's a, he's a freak. I mean, he's a, he, he is so incredibly put together. But he's also, he's just very lean. He doesn't have a ton of mass like a J.J. Watt or something. But so 22 reps is definitely good. But then I think that the place besides the vertical that he really made some money was in the 40-yard dash. These are unofficial hand times, obviously, but he was timed as fast as 4.58 in the 40. The scout consensus was 4.6 as his best time and 4.71 as his other time. Those are great numbers. I think that's going to help Daniel Hardy get into uh, a spot on somebody's draft board. I really do. I think the fact that he's... uh, 
He runs well. He's got great lateral movement. He's got great explosiveness. He's got great length, but he's also got the uh, athleticism of a, a high-level guy, but he also had the the production plus the late bloomer and you circle it all around, and he's an unbelievable guy. I mean, would be a great locker room guy. He'll buy into whatever you want him to do. So I think that uh, he made himself a lot of money today as well. The other, I'm not going to go through every single one of these marks. You can find out. We'll have tables up on SkylineSportsMT.com a little later this evening. So you can kind of just diagnose all of it. But a couple other uh, pretty good marks. I thought Lewis Kidd having a 29-inch vertical as a 330-pounder was was pretty impressive. Trey Webb also tested really well today, the former San Jose State transfer. He had a 35-and-a-half-inch vertical. He also had a 10-foot-6 broad jump. And uh, in the 40, Trey Webb ran 4.56 and 4.58. So maybe just a step slow for an NFL safety. But he's got a good body, and he showed – Really well in both the vertical and horizontal jumps. Uh, so that was impressive. I thought Kid, Lewis Kidd looked athletic. I mean, he ran 5.17 in the 40, which is really impressive for 6'6", six, six, three, you know, 325, 330. Like I mentioned, he also had a 29-inch vertical, so pretty good explosion there. 8'10 in the broad jump. So, I mean, he's doing stuff men that are a lot smaller than him um, could wish for. I mean, Marks, that would be pretty good. He also, he also did 26 reps, which is the second most there today um, behind Chase Benson's 30. Chase Benson didn't do much besides just show up on the bench. Chase Benson's already taken a, a job at Arkansas State as an assistant strength coach. So he came in there to root on his guys. Uh, I think the days of running anywhere, period, for Chase Benson are probably over, let alone getting warmed up to do a 40-yard dash. But he did make sure to lay down and make sure everybody else knew that, hey, you guys might be going the league, but I can still do more bench press reps than you. So we had 30 uh, reps there. And also probably the other guy that most people – so here's the deal. We'll, we'll put a bow on it like this. Troy Anderson's getting drafted. I think Daniel Hardy will at the very least get a free agent invite, but I think that he has a chance to get drafted as well. I think Kidd performed well enough today to get a, a uh, unrestricted free agent type deal, in a, a, a camp invite. I think Trey Webb will probably get a camp invite as well. Uh, just because of his pedigree, a guy that was once upon a time committed to Notre Dame, um, I think he'd, he'd have a really big uphill battle to uh, to make a team. But, I, I mean, I think that with his size and his production and the fact that he ran pretty well today, I, th- I think he'll be in the mix there. And uh, probably the other guy that people were really wondering about was Lance McCutcheon. And I think that McCutcheon, he had a phenomenal senior year. And it, for guys like him, it always, always, always comes down to what do you throw down on the gun? What did, what did you run in the 40? And I don't think he killed himself. I don't think he hurt himself tremendously. He could have helped himself a little more, but I think he was okay. Very impressive in the other drills. He had, he had 19 bench reps, which is actually an amazing number for a receiver, and also a testament and, and maybe a... Uh, symbol of of the role he had to play his first three years at Montana State. All he was was an outside blocker. So uh, he definitely knew he needed to be in the weight room. But 19 reps is a good number for Lance McCutcheon. Also 36 and a half inches in the vertical. So that's that's a good number as well. 10-2 in the broad jump. So that's very good. Shows good explosion. And then he ran 4-5-8 and 4-6-1 in the 40. So you just you just never want to see that 4-7 number up there. Uh under the 4.5 would have helped him, even a little bit lower in the 4.5, and you're talking, okay, we're really talking eight one-hundredths of a second. Yeah, you are. It, it really does uh, help or hurt you, but I don't think it hurt him. I, th- I think he's just just okay with that. And then the last guy, though, is that, that a lot of people I know around uh, the state of Montana, period, because I've even heard this from a lot of Grizz fans, that they were so impressed by 
and, and that they admired the way that he worked and the way that he played was Kevin Cassis. He was a great, great player for the Bobcats in 2018-2019, his two best years. Didn't get to do a pro day, but he showed up looking lean and mean. He did 23 reps on the bench, a 37-inch vertical, 10-1 on the broad jump, and he ran 4-5-2, 4-5-3. So pretty darn impressive for him after having pretty much two years off. His sister is a professional CrossFit athlete, and uh, Cassis certainly uh, does that stuff with her. I mean, he was looking the most swole out of all these guys. I'm like, I, I, I was just looking at pictures, but it's like, are you just a fitness model down there in California? What are you doing? But Cassis came in completely ready to go. So there you go, uh, a recap of Montana State's Pro Day from earlier uh, this week. And uh, we'll get to some of the sound maybe a little later on because we sort of got to rambling and talking about the um, the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. Uh, but we will have some uh, more thoughts a little, little later on. Maybe we'll get to Brett Vegan, Daniel Hardy. Um, but next, we're going to talk Grizz Pro Day and Grizz Spring Ball, as well as an analysis of the quarterback competition that's playing out right now at Montana. The Montana Football Hour is presented by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident and you have a lot of questions, The Advocates have the answers. Call 406-640-4444 today and get the help that you deserve. Grizz Spring Ball and Grizz Pro Day. Back after this, keep it right here in Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. A school of prospects for Montana's top college football programs will perform for NFL scouts this week, while the South Carolina women's basketball team made history on Sunday night. Pro days at Montana State and Montana will take place this week, starting with more than 20 NFL scouts descending upon Bozeman to watch 10 former Bobcats run, jump, lift, and perform on Monday morning. Montana will host its pro day on Tuesday. Among former Bobcats who will participate Monday include All-American linebacker Troy Anderson, a Dillon product who turned heads at the NFL Combine last month. Other Bobcat hopefuls include All-American defensive end Daniel Hardy, All-American defensive tackle Chase Benson, All-American offensive tackle Lewis Kidd, and All-American wide receiver Lance McCutcheon, along with All-League safety Trey Webb, All-League offensive lineman Taylor Tuyasasopo, All-League defensive end Amandre Williams, and standout wide receiver Nate Stewart. Kevin Cassis, an All-Big Sky receiver on MSU's 2019 team, will also test. In Missoula Tuesday, seven former Grizzlies are expected to perform. The list includes All-American long snapper Matt O'Donohue, All-Big Sky wide receiver Sammy Akim, All-League kicker Kevin Macias, All-Conference offensive lineman Dylan Cook, along with cornerback Omar Hicks-Anu, safety Gavin Robertson, and offensive lineman Moses Mallory. And finally, South Carolina became just the eighth women's basketball program in Division I history to win a second NCAA tournament title by defeating UConn 64-49 on Sunday night. Don Staley also led USC to the 2017 national title. Rest in peace, Charlie Woods. 
Today's playlist, unfortunately, brought to you by musical musical artists uh, who passed away. I watched the Grammys last night and thought, you know, we play some, as you're listening to here, Charlie Woods, the great drummer for the Rolling Stones, one of my favorite Rolling Stones songs. So melancholy in our tributes, but, uh, I mean, the music lasts forever, and that's the best part. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Now through April 10th, get free gas when you shop at Northwest Motorsport, nwmsrocks.com slash free gas for the Northwest's largest inventory of trucks, cars, SUVs, and more. Save at the pump by shopping Northwest Motorsport. That's nwmsrocks.com slash free gas. That sounds pretty good. Thanks for kicking with us, Montana Football Hour. Let's talk some Grizz football Grizz spring ball, to be specific. Grizz quarterbacks, to be even more specific. We'll also talk some Grizz pro day, which happens tomorrow. We talked about the Bobcat pro day, which happened today, and a lot of the scouts moving on over this way. It's funny, too, because I don't really – the to have a pro day in Missoula or Bozeman, you likely want it to be one of the last pro days. That also then caters to not all of the scouts coming. When you got Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy, I think that you have enough of a draw to get – Pretty much all the teams there. There was 20 teams in Bozeman today. Good showing. But a lot of the teams in the NFL are done scouting by 4-4, you know, by by April 4th. So, I mean, the draft less than a couple weeks away. So, we'll see. I'm interested to see how many scouts come tomorrow. I don't necessarily think that the Grizz guys performing are nearly the draw that the pro guys, uh, excuse me, that the Bobcat guys are. I do think there's three surefire pros that worked out today in, in Bozeman and what, maybe three other borderline guys? Uh, so that's that's more than what I think we'll see in Missoula tomorrow. But who knows? Maybe there'll be a good turnout here as well. So we get to that in just a minute. The Montana Football Hour proudly presented by the Advocates. We sent Andrew Houghton down to practice last Wednesday. Jeff Safford sat in uh, the producer chair. And uh, we were I didn't realize this, but Andrew was expecting to go watch the full duration of practice, but he only got to watch the beginning part and the ending part <laughs> rather than the whole thing. Uh, not his fault. Not anybody's fault. It's just uh, the rule and a rule we didn't know about. Usually, Bobby Houck, spring ball and fall camp are open. You just can't really report anything that's going on, but he'll let you watch. But you did get a chance to see the guys, and that's part of like, and that's one of the main parts of it, right, is just seeing them physically, seeing them in person, you know, seeing who's lining up where even when they're doing walkthroughs. So anything that stood out to you uh, in your first time seeing the Grizz since, what, late last December? Yeah, it's been a long time for me. Um, tough to take any conclusions out of that from from what I saw and the angle that I was at. Um, you know, we, we got to saw, see the quarterbacks up close. I mean, Chris Brown's still looking good. Lucas Johnson looks like a guy. I mean, we talked to both of those guys. Um but, yeah, I mean, tough to really take all that much out of it. It is tough. It's actually tougher to take anything out of Bobby Houck's spring ball than anything because he'll tell you over and over and over again, they're not installing anything. They're running through their base sets, as you'd say, like in the basketball uh, lexicon. But it's almost exclusively personnel development, fundamental development, and they're just wanting guys to compete. But they're not really – it's not how can you play this position. It's that show me you deserve to compete for this position in the fall. It's it's a different analysis. So, so much of it is just watching the guys run around, right? Yeah, I guess the number one takeaway would be uh, just a reminder of how 
good the defense is or how, how sure. tough it looks to play against that defense. I mean, I'm sort of focusing on the quarterbacks the last sure. couple of plays, the little fourth quarter drills, the red zone drills at the end of practice because I want to see these guys before I talk to them and just yeah, a majority jail breaks where they're having to get out of the pocket in a yeah. second and a half, you know, and right. just a reminder of how tough it is to evaluate those guys in that, in that um, environment. I would say the best um, – the best compliment you could get to give the progress that the defense has made since Bobby Houck returned is that if you just ignore the personnel that's in, when you're watching them do like their their uh, run-throughs, like run through their blitz packages and running through their fronts and stuff like that, like right before they go stretch, if you if you just take the 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 who out of it and just watch the what, it's the it's the same. The way that they run and sprint to the ball and the, the way that the, the crispness works, one through third string, first through third string, they look pretty darn good. And uh, it is. I think it's going to be trial by fire. So, okay, last question for you before we get to some of these pieces of sound for the quarterback things. That's a great point. The quarterbacks and they have to take their lumps if they're going against the Grizz, especially if the Grizz are running their scheme. The Grizz scheme is like no one other, no one else's in the big sky, certainly, and pretty much no one else in the country in terms of how often they blitz, how much they leave their corners out on islands. So, it, I mean, on one hand, you're going against a defense that gave up less than two touchdowns a game last year. I mean, they were one of the best defenses in the country. They were one of the best defenses in the history of Grizz football statistically. So that's, I mean, the, the, the competition, the trial by fire is certainly going to help accelerate. But also, though, these quarterbacks are not going to ever go against defenses like this in the real scope of the season. So is, is there a cost benefit there? I think there definitely is. It's so interesting, though. We've talked about this a lot, the, the relationship or just sort of the, the synergy that that defensive style forces upon what they need out of that quarterback position, uh, just in terms of guys who can take over and uh, keep the momentum going. And we talk about, you know, I guess it's sort of... It, it lowers the ceiling of the guy that you need under center a lot because you are going to have such a bigger margin for error with that defense. I mean, the, the Grizz can have, you know, a, 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 if you have a good game manager guy back there and it's sort of a a, a loaded term for sure, but right. you can get away with that if you have this defense. But And in some cases, you might actually want it. And, it's, and, and so often, I think that's what the head coach wants. So it... it you're right, but my thing is that why wouldn't you shoot higher though? Like why they should still be trying. They shouldn't be content with the game manager. They should be trying to get the best quarterback they have back there, and not just say because we have this defense, it's going to be okay. We don't need a game changer at quarterback. That's probably true. You should still be shooting for that though. I know, and I just I'm so interested to see if they just haven't been able to find the guy, or if Bobby Hawk really has shifted away from it because. Like, when he had Craig Oaks, who was a former starter in the Big 12 at Colorado, they went to the national championship game. And when they had Cole Berquist, despite Bobby's best efforts to sort of harness Cole and hold him down, Cole was still a two-time All-League guy who then went on and played half a dozen years in the CFL. I mean, he was in... He was, the, he was a final cut for the San Diego Chargers, so he's like an incredibly talented guy. They never really cut him loose, but... Uh, you know, I don't know. But then since the 2009 season when Andrew Sell was sort of that, Sell was better than the game manager, but not much. And 
Uh, they went to the national championship game. I don't know. I'm just so interested to, to see because Bobby Houck has said that on this show. He said to me in multiple interviews, he said, it's it's nice to have a dynamic playmaking guy who's a good leader at quarterback, but you don't have to have one. And very few coaches say that. Like Aaron Best at Eastern Washington would scream till his lungs came out saying, no, 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 we want to have the best quarterback in the country because that's the key to everything that we do. But it doesn't have to be key to everything that you do. It's just right. having a better player is better. I, I, That's as simple as it gets, <laughs> man. I mean, I know I get, and I get what Bobby Houck is saying, and and for sure he's right about that. Like I said, the margin for error is a lot higher because of the other elements of this team. Just like having a better player is better. Hold that thought because we're going to come back to that in the next segment because it's my notion that sometimes we make all this analysis about all these different things, statistics and play calling and culture and all that stuff sometimes i think maybe we get out over our skis it's fun to talk about it's fun to analyze but how do you go to the national championship game you have all the best players we saw that with montana state like why did the last bobcat team win 12 games because they have four nfl players and so i think that's the, and we're gonna talk about that when it comes to the grizz too because i don't think the grizz have that right now but they've had it in the past and i think bobby Houck wants to return to having it in the future so what does that mean for both programs. It's the Montana Football Hour presented proudly by the Advocates. If you've been in an accident, you probably have a lot of questions. The Advocates have the answers. Call 406-640-4444 and get the help that you deserve. Let's hear from a couple of these young men that are involved in the quarterback battle. They did a little media battle royale. And to be clear, Lucas Johnson is a graduate transfer from San Diego State. He's in the mix for this quarterback battle. Probably his main opponent is Daniel Britt a redshirt freshman from Las Vegas who was on this show a couple times leading up to his uh, signing with the Grizz. They did not provide interview opportunities with him. Chris Brown was the backup last year and started in place of Cam Humphrey for a month and then also got about two series worth of reps in the FCS quarterfinal loss to James Madison. But despite the fact that they propped him up to do interviews, I don't think he's going to be the guy. He might be able to play his way in for the backup, We'll see. But, uh, and then there's another mystery quarterback who no one's been able to figure out who he is. Uh, And I guess the explanation I received from Montana Sports Info is that there's several guys on the roster wearing jerseys that aren't on the roster because they're essentially fighting for their spring, their their roster spot. And so that makes sense. They're not going to add them until they actually make the team. So as of right now, they're sort of like, just going through the spring ball motions to try to make the team. All that said, the most experienced quarterback when it comes to playing against Big Sky Conference teams is Chris Brown. Chris Brown is, to me, at this moment in his career, one of the greatest examples of the difference between talent and being a good player. I think Chris Brown could be a good player. I think he might be a good player someday. He's not right now, though, but that has nothing to do with the fact that he is insanely talented. Can he harness it? Can he hone it in? We'll see, but he talked to Andrew Houghton about just how much that experience might help him as, as he tries to battle it out and reaffirm that he does deserve to be in the starting quarterback competition. I mean, I feel I feel very confident compared to coming in as a freshman, not knowing really anything. And it's just it's like a whole new game. It's the same game, but a whole different game at the same time. Um, being able to come in as my as my third year now, it helps a lot. What's the progression and development look like? I mean, what are you able to work on now that you sort of have the basics down with the experience you have? Yeah, I mean, I think we just we just talked about it in our little QB 
huddle at the end of practice and it's just consistency, which is, is tough at this level. It's tough to show in day in and day out and, and try to get everything right, every single play. And I think that's something that almost every quarterback could work on, especially the guys in this group. Chris Brown, a uh, soon-to-be sophomore. That's the other thing is maybe you don't you don't have to be too hard on the guy because he's only a sophomore. He's got a long time to develop. And uh, sometimes you have a quarterback who maybe is savvy and smart, who doesn't have a rocket arm, who isn't 6'4 and can run it. So I think that the part that you can't really help, Chris Brown's got that part down. So maybe he continues to develop. Here's Chris Brown on what it's like being in a competition, especially against a guy like Lucas Johnson who has – a couple handfuls worth of FBS starts under his belt, Chris Brown, on the competition. It's nice. It's nice having a guy like Lucas, where it's like, you know, you can you can joke around, you can give each other a hard time, and at the end of the day, you're just making each other better. And going through that with Cam was huge. It's like, I guess my first time doing that in college, and now being able to do it this year, it's been good. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's competing and and also getting along at the same time. Um, it's a position where only one player plays, and the rest of the guys kind of have to support that player and also be ready if that player goes down. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, just being able to compete makes each other better. Uh, Andrew, a question for you on Lucas Johnson. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Andrew Houghton, our producer uh, here at ESPN Missoula. What... Uh, Johnson, I only got a, a brief time to look at him. He looks relatively big. He's obviously old because he's a graduate transfer here to Montana. I know you didn't get, didn't, didn't get to watch him much, but what's he look like physically? Uh, tough to tell. Again, I think yeah. I think he has a good arm. Yeah. I, he made a couple throws I mean, his, near the end of practice. His film from San, San Diego State is good. I mean, yeah. he, he makes legitimate throws in the Mountain West, which is a good conference. Yeah, as far as physically, athletically, I don't think he's. I mean, I don't think he's that much faster than Chris Brown. I mean, a guy who who showed well, Chris off. Chris Brown's a great athlete, actually. Sh- showed off with the legs a little bit last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's that absolute class of dynamic athlete like right. like somebody like Dalton Sneed was, sure, right? Where it's right. just, I mean, Dalton Sneed had one of the quickest first steps I'd ever seen. Oh, no, Dalton Sneed's a phenomenal athlete. He's a top level athlete for sure. Yeah, okay. Well, interesting. Well, let's hear from Lucas Johnson then. Uh, first on what it's been like adjusting to the Grizz roster. Um, Lucas, we'll just kick things off. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you're uh, one of the new guys here. You got here in the wintertime in the first spring ball with Montana. So just kind of your thoughts on how the last or the first few months have gone and, you know, finally getting a chance to get some reps with these guys. Yeah, it's been really cool uh, getting up here and getting to find uh, all these friendships with all these dudes. And, uh, you know, it's been nice to get out here and play with them and start to learn the offense and just, you know, build a chemistry with everybody out here. And, you know, I love Montana. It's uh, really welcomed me in. Uh, Coach kind of talked a little bit about, you know, how you guys had a prior relationship when he was down in San Diego. and um, But, I mean, prior to that, I mean, had you ever heard of this program? Like, what, what, what were you thinking when, uh, you know, he comes calling for the Montana Grizzlies? Yeah, so my cousin played here a couple years ago. It was Peyton Stoner, who was an offensive lineman. So I knew it from there. But, yeah, me and Coach Howick and Coach Green go all the way back to high school. Uh, I knew those guys. Uh, and I went off to Georgia Tech, and it was just cool that uh, everything kind of came full circle. And uh, when they came calling, you know, I couldn't uh, – missed this opportunity to get up here. 
is this something that you make an effort to do, talking about building chemistry with, and not even the receivers, but everybody on the team? Yeah. Is this something you've had to make an effort to do off the field even, just not showing up for practice every day in meetings? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that comes with being a leader, uh, being a leader in the locker room, being a leader on the field. Uh, when you're in the locker room, you know, getting to know new guys uh, and just making sure everybody knows who you are, you're a friendly face. And so you just try to build chemistry with your whole team because I think, you know, teams that play for each other are the best teams. Lucas Johnson, Grizz quarterback here on Nuanas now. How about what does he think of the competition? Uh, not yeah, well, I knew my school was kind of done, so I was really looking for a spot that I could just get in and play and, you know, have fun, you know. And, uh, you know, when, when, when Montana came calling, I don't think I could ask for anything more. When you go to schools like Georgia Tech and San Diego State, obviously you, there's quarterback competitions all the time. And so when you come into a school like this knowing there's going to be a competition, you know, how do you how do you approach that? And, you know, does experience kind of lend itself to help you there? Yeah, I mean, there's competition and, and anything you do. I mean, especially playing quarterback, I think competition uh, makes everybody better. And uh, so if it wasn't for Chris, Daniel, and Nick, like, I mean, you come out here and slack. But everybody brings their A game every day, so it makes you play even better. What's it been like, I guess, working alongside with it, like Chris? You know, like we kind of asked him, it's, you know, quarter, it's a competition, but you guys also kind of have to work together to see things and how they're working. Chris has obviously had some experience with this program. So what's okay. it been like kind of working yeah, alongside him and how's he helped you? Yeah, Chris has helped me a lot, especially with we the plays and the signals. Uh, every time I kind of blank on something, I look at him and he helps me out. Uh, you know, Chris is a really good dude, and, you know, he helps me, and I like to see him do well, and he's uh, the same way. So There you go, Lucas Johnson, Montana quarterback here. On Nuanas Now, it's the Montana Football Hour presented by the Advocates. Who's doing the Grizz Pro Day tomorrow? What does it say about a program, the amount of NFL hopefuls that you might have? How does Montana get back to where they once were? Keep it right here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Fighters here for you on a Monday. Melancholy playlist all day long. Taylor Hawkins, gone too soon. Watching the Grammys last night, got a little uh, nostalgic with some of the people that passed away from the music industry over the, the last year. So we'll play some songs that from the bands that some of those people were a part of. Nuance is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, the Montana Football Hour. Continues. It's presented by the Advocates. If you've been in an accident, you probably have a ton of questions. The Advocates have the answers. Call 
888-888-4444 today. Get the help that you deserve. Montana hosts its Pro Day tomorrow. Montana State host, hosted its Pro Day today. Here are the Grizz that are participating, former Grizz, I guess, that are participating in tomorrow's Pro Day. Matt O'Donohue, the All-American long snapper. Kevin Macias, All-Conference kicker, transfer from Arizona State. Sammy Akim, who was all big sky as a sophomore and a junior and uh, banged up a lot in his, his career, but uh, still finishes one of the most prolific receivers in program history. Dylan Cook, an offensive tackle. Moses Mallory, an offensive guard. Omar Hicks Onu, a cornerback safety. I think he probably works out as – I don't know what he's going to work out as, actually. He's got better size. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. what He's, he's a defensive back. We'll call him that. And then Gavin Robertson, uh, a safety. And um, I do think Matt O'Donoghue is actually the draw here as the long snapper because I think he actually is one of the best long snappers in the United States, period. And uh, his statistics back that up. Uh, but Andrew Andrew Houghton, uh, ESPN Missoula Skyline Sports, here with us on Nuanas now. Are any of these guys league? I think a lot of it depends on what they do tomorrow because they're right on that line. I mean, I think there are a couple guys who could get a shot depending on what they do uh, tomorrow. Omar Hicks Onu is a guy who uh, who I like. I mm-hmm. think you know it 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 kind of does come down to what position he works out at. Um, For sure, he, he's he could be like. A physical cornerback. He's a big corner. He's a big corner. Is he fast enough to? You, you got well, to run four four on your on your pro day. If, if he you if he corner. runs well, yeah. I think that'll get teams to take a look at him. And I actually for think sure. his tape will actually show up as pretty good from last year. He didn't have the production of Justin Ford on the other side, but I also think he didn't give up as many big plays as Justin Ford. I thought for his sure. tape was pretty solid. Yep. Uh, Sammy Akem, if he runs well. Uh, Kevin Macias, if he shows up and he's hitting from 55, I mean, he was sneaking one over from 50, and he was super accurate. Yep. If he shows up and he's hitting from 55, that maybe gets you a camp invite. I don't know what a guy like Sammy Kem has to run. I think it has to be at least in the four fives. Four fives, like Lance McCutcheon at Montana sure. State, because both oh, of those guys Kem's are. Kem's a lot bigger than McCutcheon. He's probably a full two inches taller. McCutcheon's, you know, McCutcheon's big though. I mean, he's a big possession guy, but. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's I, I'm, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to be positive here. I think no, there are sure. guys who, sure. if they, who, if they run and they show well tomorrow, could get a chance. I, I think it's those guys. I mean, Matt O'Donoghue just has to show up and show that he, you know, can compete athletically because he really, his skill is NFL quality, and that's oh, the sure. only skill you need to make it at his position. So he just needs to, you know, put down some decent numbers. But I think. Omar Hicksonu uh, with some good numbers could get a shot. Sammy Akem maybe with some good numbers could get a shot. But other than that, it, it's thin. I was having a belly laugh earlier today thinking about um, Moses Mallory running the 40. Because Moses is uh, he's going to throw down uh, a big number on the bench, I think. <laughs> and he might move, some, move laterally okay. Uh, big man, it, the 40 wasn't made for him, though. I was thinking if Taylor Tuiasasopo, who's a really athletic offensive lineman in Montana State, if he runs 5.56, five, Mallory is, is up there. And this is coming from an offensive lineman who's probably not breaking six flat anytime soon in the 40. So I'm I'm not dogging on anybody, but I was, I was sort of laughing at it. But a uh, discussion to continue on because I actually do think that there's not like baseline for sure numbers, but I do think there's some litmus test numbers there in terms of the number of guys you're getting the, or the number of guys you have on your roster that are getting shots in the NFL, directly correlating, obviously, with team success, Big Sky Conference, championship pursuits, and uh, FCS playoff success. So we'll, we'll circle back around to that 
uh, in hour number two. But let's put a bow on it right now. It is the Montana Football Hour. First hour of each Monday show here on Nuanas Now. It's presented by the Advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, know that the Advocates will be there for you. The Advocates can help if you've been in an injured in an auto, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases they handle, visit their av- their website Excuse me, at montanaadvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney. No upfront, out-of-pocket expense. Visit online, montanaadvocates.com. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Colby Dant, the host of the College Basketball Experience Podcast as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He'll join us live right after this to diagnose all things NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament Championship game. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the Advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 